You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Today's episode uh, brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto. Um, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. Appreciate their sponsorship and appreciate you listening this evening or morning, afternoon, whatever it is that you're tuning in. We're going to start with some TCU basketball talk. There was uh, some more roster shakeup today. And then we'll get into some kind of assorted news and notes. And finally, we'll close with uh, some draft talk. We had Benjamin Albright, who's an NFL analyst, on uh, one of the radio shows I work on this afternoon. So I asked him about Trayvon Merrick and his potential as a first-round pick. I'll share what he uh, told me in in connection with that. But let's start with some TCU basketball news, and we'll start with some good news. Uh, Maxwell Evans is transferring to TCU. Maxwell is a uh, senior who played the last few years at Vandy. And this past season, he averaged eight points a game and three rebounds, one assist. But I think the most important thing and the most encouraging thing from his stat line is he shot 45% from the field. Uh, He shot around 35% from three-point range. And the last two seasons, um, he's averaged a little over eight points a game. And he's just consistently gotten better through his career. His freshman year averaged three points and then um, has worked his way up from there. He's from Houston, so that connection makes sense. He's getting back to his home state, going to play in Texas again. Uh, I think it's a smart addition. You know, Vandy um, has not been a a good program as of late, but he's played in the SEC. He's played big-time college basketball for a couple years now, and uh, he's a good ball handler. Hasn't had a ton of turnovers in his career, only averaged – like one turnover a game in 2020 and 2021. So it's someone who can kind of take that load off uh, Mike Miles, bringing the ball up, getting the offense initiated. Um, They need somebody like that, especially if R.J. Nemhard is headed to the NBA. Uh, he, He declared for the NBA draft. Now he can still come back if he doesn't like his grade, but he's at least testing the waters, and it feels like, um, he might be headed that way. So Maxwell Evans, um, in addition to the TCU basketball roster, I think, again, it's, it's a solid addition to the team. Um, as I said, he is a, a pretty efficient player on offense, shot the ball well this year, averaged a little over eight points a game, and didn't turn the ball over too much. So you get an experienced player from a Power 5 school coming in to play at TCU. I like this. I think this is a good move by Jamie Dixon and the staff. I don't typically uh, or I haven't lately been praising them too much, but this seems to be a good thing for the team. Now, on the other side, uh, we also found out today that Kevin Isley Jr. is transferring out. So he was at TCU and he is leaving the program. Um, Kevin transferred in from UT Chattanooga and played one season in Fort Worth. He averaged four points, four and a half points, and three rebounds per game was not real effective. And it was disappointing because at uh, UT Chattanooga, um, he was the Big South player of the year, and he had a really good season. Averaged 14 points a game and six rebounds. Shot 44% from the field, almost 40% from three. 
Uh, and he really struggled in his time at TCU. You know, he was coming off the bench, but it felt like uh, somebody who could come in and make an immediate impact. I mean, he was the Big South freshman of the year, and it just never came together for him. So he's moving on, and this is sort of uh, a, a mass exodus of sorts on the basketball roster. He's out. R.J. Nemhart is declared for the NBA draft, so we'll see what his future has in store. Um, Dylan Arnett, Mickey Pearson, Deontay Smith, and Jaden Ledee all in the portal. And you listen to those names. I mean, none of those guys aside from R.J. were really starters that you're expecting huge things from, but Ledee, uh, solid depth in the interior. You know, Smith and Pearson guys that you hope maybe you can get some more from moving forward. Isley, another player that you thought maybe if he took a jump in the offseason, came back, had a better understanding of the uh, of the system, could get some more practice time in with COVID not being a factor, could he become a better player? And now he's in the portal and he's gone. So, you know, you add Maxwell Evans, uh, we'll, we'll kind of see who else they add to this roster. But you're going to go into the season with a a very different-looking team than you had this year. And if you want to spin it in an optimistic fashion, I guess you could say, well, the team was bad, so a shakeup is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not like this was a tournament team that is losing a bunch of uh, key contributors. They had no chance at the postseason. Uh, So a complete... A, a total rebuild or a completely new-looking roster might end up being a good thing. The problem is it's almost like you're starting from scratch again. And there have been a number of transfers. I saw Jamie Plunkett, who uh, does work for Frogs of War, on Twitter today. He put out that by his count, 15 players have transferred out in the five seasons of the Jamie Dixon era. And some of that, to his uh, defense is just college basketball. Dick Vitale said on uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the ESPN morning radio show earlier this week, that there were 1,100 college basketball players in the transfer portal. And this is just kind of the the world that that sport's in right now. You, you go, you play, and if it doesn't work out, you just move on somewhere else. And these kids at smaller schools – If they have good seasons, they look to get to a Power 5 school and vice versa. So that's that's just how it works. But we're talking about a wholesale roster change year after year with a coaching staff that's been pretty consistent, and that just doesn't make any sense. That, to me, is saying you're not doing a great job of getting guys to buy in, of getting guys to stay happy, and uh, that's concerning to me. So another – player and Kevin Isley Jr. hitting the transfer portal, uh, but you do add Maxwell Evans, who looks to be uh, a, a solid addition from Vandy. Coming up next, we'll uh, hit some news and notes from around TCU sports, but first I want to tell you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a great business, and they're actually a family-owned business, um, and one of the things that makes them so great is their customer service. They help you compare uh, manufacturers. They help you find the right price. They get you exactly what you need for your vehicle it's a really good service it's a really good uh website for a person like me that doesn't know much about cars and and what exactly i need but it's also great for do-it-yourselfers for mechanics 
anybody can use Rock Auto, and it will be helpful for them. They have a How Did You Hear About Us section, and I'd appreciate if you'd uh, click Locked On when you get there in that drop-down box because it lets them know that the network sent you there. RockAuto.com, reliable low prices, um, great selection, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. Try it out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Get exactly what your vehicle needs. Get it fixed up. Go to rockauto.com. Segment two of Locked on Horn Frogs coming your way. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going to start this segment with some sad news. Uh, I saw on both the SMU football and TCU football accounts uh, the passing of a, a young man today uh, from cancer. His name was Jamal Powell, 39 years old. He's current or was currently um, a analyst on the SMU football staff with head coach Sonny Dykes, but before that, he was a TCU football player, a lineman for the TCU Horn Frogs, and he was there from 2000 to 2002. He earned All-Conference honors in 2002. He was also a finalist for the Remington Trophy that year, awarded the nation's top center. There was a huge outpouring of support for him and his family today. Um, uh, appeared to be a, a really great man who impacted a lot of people. TCU football put out a tweet that said, Today we remember a great man, husband, father, and horn frog. Cheese, you'll forever be a member of the horn frog family. And that's uh, Jamal Powell, uh, lineman for TCU in the early 2000s. Gary Patterson responded to that tweet and said, Jamal will always be a loved member of the frog family. He will be me- He will be missed. Excuse me, Sonny Dykes put out a statement saying it's hard to describe the pain and the loss that they're dealing with right now. Uh, but Jamal had been diagnosed with cancer and also was suffering from Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is what Cowboys center Travis Frederick uh, was dealing with that led to his retirement. So prayers to his family. Really sorry to see a, a former frog pass away. That news is really unfortunate and Again, uh, if you watch the outpouring of support from players in the SMU program, you see that he was someone that impacted a lot of lives. So uh, pray for his family today. Pray for comfort and peace that only the Lord can give in in a really difficult time. And only 39 years old, my condolences uh, to the Powell family for their loss. Wanted to pass that along in no easy way to seamlessly transition into something else but I, I did also want to mention on the news and notes front um, just kind of perusing around today Kendall Rogers from d1baseball.com his website they put out their mid-season projection for the uh, field of 64 the NCAA tournament now this is not a projection of this is not them saying if the season ended today what would the field of 64 look like the what they're doing is they're basically saying based on what we've seen so far they're projecting out to the end of the season if the teams that are playing well or aren't playing well stay on this pace what's it going to look like and he he put out a tweet listing all the national seeds well in this midseason projection D1 baseball has TCU as the number three national seed, the number three seeded team in the country behind Vanderbilt and Arkansas, which is pretty crazy. And in this uh, region that they're predicting, and again, this is just a midseason projection, there's a lot of baseball left between now and then, but they have TCU in the Fort Worth Regional as the number three national seed taking on Bryant, and then the other two teams 
in that regional would be UCLA and San Diego. And UCLA, I know they're not having the season that you would expect for the Bruins, um, but that's a program that is used to success. So if I'm the number three national seed, I don't know if I want to see the Bruins immediately. Uh, they had Texas Tech as the number four national seed in this projection, and those two teams, TCU and Texas Tech, will face off in Lubbock this weekend, which will be a, a really fun uh, series and in three-game set. And, and the reason this surprised me is when I, I saw this come out, I was looking for where TCU would host or if they would host, but D1 Baseball has them as the number 10-ranked team in the country. At number three, right this minute, they have Ole Miss, and at four, they have Texas. And for TCU to get that bump above those teams, I guess it's just the way they're playing right this minute. They've won 10 in a row. They have two sweeps over some Big 12 schools in Baylor and Oklahoma that I don't think are great teams. But I do think it's impressive that they've been able to sweep those teams because it shows uh, a killer instinct. It shows an ability after a couple days where you played well to not let your foot off the gas and get a victory. That was a good come-from-behind win against the Sooners uh, on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, where they fell behind 3 nothing early and were able to come back and get a victory in that one. So there's been some really impressive things lately from TCU baseball. Uh, but the big tests are coming, you know, starting Friday you play Texas Tech, and then the next weekend you get Oklahoma State. And Tech is a – completely different team at home. I mean, they're they're really, really good regardless, but they're almost unbeatable um, in Lubbock with a, a great fan base that gets rowdy, as you expect Tech fans to be. And also just the way the wind blows out there, their lineup, which is a meat grinder, becomes even harder. It, there's no easy outs. Everybody's a threat to pop one over the fence. It's uh, It's just a tough team to face off with especially on the road. So if they can find a way to win a series against Tech and Lubbock, then we're talking about potentially a really, really special team. But TCU in this field of 64 projection sitting as the number three overall seed. And, uh, man, it's it's crazy to think, too, you know, if they could have just scratched out one of those games they dropped against Gonzaga. Um, And there's a few more through the year they've lost that were kind of silly. What they'd be staring at, but they're right there behind Vandy and Arkansas. And if you're curious, Arkansas, TCU played them in the opening weekend and lost four to one. It was a close game, but they got a bunch of dudes that can throw in the mid 90s, and they have a really, really good lineup. And Vandy probably has the number one and number two picks in the MLB draft uh, on their roster right now. Kamar Rocker and Jack Leiter, uh, their top two pitchers, are incredible. So they're almost unfair. It's gonna be really hard for me to beat them in a series all season long because it means you you would have had to get a win on a day where one of those guys is on the mound, and that has been tough sledding so far. We'll come back and wrap things up here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. I talk to you about it every day. You might be like, Stephen, I'm kind of annoyed by this. Well, go start making some money off it at least. Go to betonline.ag today. They have all the latest lines, all the latest uh, prop bets, everything you need to know. Um, to, to make some money. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports runs it, and he does a great job. He does a show every day, Locked on Bets, with uh, my, my friend Q, and they break down you know, their locks for the day, the games that they're on. So Major League Baseball season, it's in full swing. The NHL still going on. NBA, 
regular season coming to a close in the next month or so, and then they'll hit the playoffs. There is a lot of things in the sports world to bet on, to try to get rich on. Start doing that today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 20% sign-up bonus. They also have injury news. It's honestly a one-stop shop for everything you need to know in the world of sports. Betonline.ag. Final segment here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Excuse me, and don't forget, um, you can subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your podcast, and that makes it easier to find it in the mornings. You can also give me a review uh, on Apple or Stitcher, wherever it is that you tune in, and that is just beneficial because if somebody stumbles upon the pod for some reason, they might be more likely to give it a chance if you know they feel like it's got good reviews and people are recommending that. So. If, if you want to do that, that'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate it. I wanted to close today with some draft talk. We have Benjamin Albright on our uh, one of our radio shows today. He's an NFL analyst. And I asked him about Trayvon Merrig and just kind of where he stands um, in the draft board and on these draft boards. And, and here's what he told me uh, on our show, Unnecessary Roughness, this afternoon. Another player in the state of Texas that's getting a, a lot of first-round grades, at least in these mock drafts, is Trayvon Merrig at TCU. I don't know if you've had a chance to evaluate him, Benjamin, but – uh, if you have, what do you like about his game, and where do you think he could go? Well, he's going. He's probably going to go late first too. It's really a competition between him and Richard Grant for uh, uh, for the top safety to be drafted. They're going to go one and two. It just depends on which team uh, makes the move first. I, I like both. Uh, both of them have great game. Um, I, I think Morgan fits uh, uh, certain systems in the in the NFL a little bit better than Richard Grant, um, simply because of the, the way that he plays, the style of play that he has. Um, Grant, you know, had some missed tackles at times, and you're going to want in the modern NFL, you want that secondary to be able to wrap up and uh, and and hit as well as be able to cover and. Uh, you know, Morgan brings that all to the table. So I, I, I think that he'll probably be the first safety off the board, probably looking somewhere in the uh, the 20 to 30 range. So the 20 to 30 range, you know, the benefit of that, the benefit of being a late first-round pick, in theory, as long as a team doesn't come and trade up and try to get back in the first round, you're probably going to a pretty good organization or, or a team that has had some recent success. So I, I feel like that's kind of the underrated part of being a late first-round pick is maybe you end up at a place that's stable and that knows what they're doing and has an idea in mind of how to use you properly. But he mentioned that him and uh, Richie Grant are kind of vying for that top safety spot. I did say I did see today Dane Brugler, who covers the draft for the Athletic, he put out his big – he calls it the beast, and it's basically just his big scouting report for all these uh, all these prospects, and he ranks them starting at one and going down. And the safety position, he had Richie Grant number one and had Trayvon number two. Uh, And I think it just kind of depends on who you want to listen to as far as who's in that spot. It doesn't look like there's a consensus number one safety in this year's draft. But regardless, Trayvon is uh, looking like a first-round pick, and that's good news for the TCU Horned Frogs, who will have somebody most likely – Uh, having their name called on day one of the draft again. That'll do it for me. We'll come back tomorrow, and we'll close out the week. This has been Locked on Horned Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.